0: I'm not the good guy, I'm not the bad guy, I'm the getting some collar guy!
1: <laughs> Guys, welcome to episode 20, we are doing our monthly award show of the uh, shows that we watch from WCW Saturday Night and WWF, who gives a fuck about the E, but F, uh, Raw, in 1993, we are doing January's first. Uh, Usually this is when we cut to news, but uh, I think Zach only has like two small snippets.
0: That's right. So I'll just get to it. Mm -hmm. So uh, Heath Slater was talking in an interview, and he mentioned that there was a lot of interest in people in the WWE currently going to Impact. Like they're asking him questions and stuff because he's there right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, He specifically singles out Joe Hennig, Curtis Axel. Makes sense. uh, I forgot he got released, um, and I was like, oh yeah, he did. Uh, and, but he was saying like, he's busy just hanging out with his family and just staying home right now.
1: He's being perfect. <laughs> you see what I did there?
0: <laughs> I can't. which honestly, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see maybe Johanna get like a more serious shot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, as for like who he's talking about that's in the company still, that's just speculation. Like I don't, I couldn't even begin to guess. It could, it could be anybody.
1: Um, yeah, it could be anybody at this point. Uh, who's doing? Maybe I, w- I, wouldn't see Titus O'Neil because they used Oop. Titus O'Neil as a, uh, as a what you call it, as like a Comedy ambassador. An ambassador know. guy. Yeah, he goes. He actually went to my brother's uh, when my brother worked at the Walmart uh Warehouse job, you know the shit they put on the trucks and stuff. Yeah, uh, he went there and like talked about something. My brother just like <laughs> he, they brought WWE catering food, like the actual catering people. Yeah, to, to the job, and I was like, "Ha, he's he's usually in catering during fucking actual shows, so that makes sense."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Damn>. <laughs> no, but he's he's a good guy. Um, I, you got to think about all the people that are not being used and probably. Vocally upset. Uh I would say Sasha Banks, but I don't think she's ever gonna leave the WWE. Um
0: I mean she's getting she's had a lot of T V time stuff lately. I think she's probably content again.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think. Not Bailey because she's getting a push too. Uh it would have to be somebody that plays with
0: dolls. <laughs> Just like Zach Ryder. There's nobody left. Maybe Ricochet. I think Ricochet's not very happy.
1: Yeah, because uh, what's happening over there? He he went from NXT to, like, fucking, like, shit. <laughs> Pretty much. He, did.
0: he had, like, a brief little flash. It was like, oh, yeah, Ricochet. And then it was just he gets fucking jobbed out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it, it didn't help with that leaked sex video with him in his, like, butthole. Did you hear about that?
0: Yeah, I did. I I, <laughs> I almost forget about it every, but then every other time something happens with him, I, it creeps back up from my subconscious. <laughs> and I'm just like, God, ugh.
1: oh my god. Uh, anything else?
0: Yes. <laughs> James Storm was doing an interview, too, or a, a podcast, or a fucking Zoom meeting, or some shit. <laughs> And uh, he was talking about how uh, there were actually plans in place for him to to show up at WWE after WrestleMania. Um, I, I'm guessing main roster from the way he was talking.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. But the the C virus thing fucked it all up, and I guess he's just been home. And I mean, that, could... that was kind of it. He didn't really have anything else to say about it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I w- w-
1: I know Eli Drake because that's his tag partner and shit. We're like doing one-offs. Did you know like NWA Stars is doing like fight TV stuff and like other independent uh, things going on?
0: Yeah, they, they do like a multi-show thing with uh, some other smaller promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, "Oh, that's cool," but like, I have I've heard very little about it. I didn't want to like spend money on shit that I didn't know like. I didn't know anything about the other promotions, who's getting involved, whether or not they sucked or not. You know, I didn't want to put money into that.
1: I heard the Mike Bennett and Nick Aldis thing was terrible. It was. Yeah. They had, uh, it, it was, there was, a, uh, some botches, but the most of all was like technical difficulties with the fight TV.
0: Mm. That sucks.
1: Cause imagine like having that hype that they were pushing a little bit and <laughs> then paying for fight TV just to have it be all shitty, I'd be pissed.
0: They did the tip, the thing they'd been doing, doing that ten pounds, ten pounds of gold stuff, and building it up on you know YouTube and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that was good formatting, but apparently it was just all for naught. It was bad luck, I guess.
1: I'm telling you, uh, I know Vince will never do it because he wants to have his belt on his TV. He's done it before. Um, but I had, even though, (laughs) even though like, uh, you know, some people shit on AEW, it's still a national TV. If you have (laughs) Nick Aldis come through and like challenge somebody that's worthy, I wouldn't say a fucking Sonny Kiss or a fucking, uh, Orange Cassidy. Fuck that. No. Uh, (laughs) But if you have like a, a, uh, Taz's guy, Brian Cageman or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, or... I wouldn't say John Moxley because that would be awkward. Um, who would be a good guy? Cody. Cody. Uh,
0: they had it, two matches. Uh, yeah. You could do the rubber match.
1: Ooh, you know what'd be really, really good? So all this comes in right. Yeah. A- and Cody's like, I'm gonna challenge you because you know I need my rematch. I'm business. Then you have Dustin turn on Cody. Oh fuck! And then you create that that battle, that brother battle that we've been waiting for since WrestleMania, like what twenty five,
0: <laughs> whatever. We had the brother the brother battle already. Oh yeah, Remember? that's
1: right—the one with the blood.
0: Yeah, and it was really good. It was honestly a really good match.
1: Yeah, that was a good match.
0: God, that's been
1: a year ago. By the way, it's it been feels a- like
0: a lot longer than that. But yeah,
1: yeah. Oh man. But no, I would. That was like a respectable brother versus brother match. You know what I mean? This one would have like Dustin be a heel, or maybe vice versa. Where Cody doing his emo thing that he's doing. He's like, "Oh, I hate fucking everybody. I'm gonna fuck you up, all Nick all this. And Dustin goes, "Hey, you're 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 disrespecting your company, and also our father and stuff." And like Cody smacks him in the face.
0: Yeah, I was going to say at this point, I don't think Dustin could be heel anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, he's just, he's the beloved veteran now.
1: Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't have any other news. Um, Neither do I. Roman's still being Roman. he I hear he's doing pretty good as a heel. So, seems,
0: seems that we seem, people seem to be digging him. Um, I think Johnny Gargano and Candace LeRae just won titles. Really? I think so. It looks like Johnny Gargano won the North American title and Candace won the women's title. Mm, okay. And I hate those fucking promos they do in their fucking house, by the way. Oh, no. God.
1: They, they do COVID promos?
0: No, no, no. No, it, this is stuff that they were doing uh, a little bit before COVID, I think. Uh, but like... uh they do these weird promos where they're in their house and they're like talking like they're sitting there eating dinner and they're talking it looks like it's being filmed for a TV show almost and all of a sudden like regular cinematic camera angles like if you can see me I'm like this and then all of a sudden Johnny will look straight at the camera like this and it'll go like black and white and he'll get really serious talking like this. I'm going to beat your fucking ass dubs. I'm going to like, I'm going to get you in the ring and I'm going to fuck you up and you're going to fucking regret you ever crossing me. And, hey, so how do you like the lasagna? Oh God. That's literally how the promos are. And then Candace does the same thing.
1: No, oh, no, but you and know what? They oh. might be doing it to be heel. I guess if it pisses you off, it, I guess it works.
0: It's just stupid, though. I don't. It's not even good. <laughs> it's really cringy. I'm just that's what I'm saying. It's cringe.
1: Oh, I do want to bring something up. Um, so I forgot who did the open challenge. I, I'm,
0: uh, which Drew, open challenge
1: was it, Drew? I think it was Drew McIntyre. He was, he's starting to do the open challenge with the belt, and then oh, uh, okay. and fucking Bobby Roode came out. So oh, shit. All right. Bobby Roode's back. Uh, I dig it. Um, I don't know, dude. I think Bobby Roode deserves at least one more title run, in my opinion. Uh, and that's not counting the NXT. I think if you give him the main title, I think you could do wonders with him. But then again, it's the main roster, so then you know Vince will get bored of him, and then just you know give the (laughs) give the belt away.
0: Bobby Roode had one of the best. Uh, NXT title runs, in my opinion, when he was down there. Yeah, it's it, great.
1: It, if he doesn't do anything, then he should go to NXT, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, he needs to go back to being fucking awesome in NXT because he, he just was like he had good matches with everybody and he was just great. He was a great heel.
1: Mm-hmm. And, ha- and how can you do glorious theme song without a crowd? You just can't.
0: <laughs> it's it's inglorious, yeah. <laughs> but i think
1: it's time for some
0: awards zach it is so we're giving away the idea with this whole let's go let's time travel backwards and watch the programming for a month uh i came up with the idea of like man, we should just do monthly awards when we finish a month's worth programming we just go back and we compare everything and uh talk about like what personalities what uh, talent in the company really caught our eye or was, was did a really good job to us um, we even ha- nominate like what the best show was in the month mm-hmm. and who wins the month which promotion did better in that month so I'll just start it off going down the list um, I might tweak this to build up something later but for now we're just going to go straight down the list and just see how it goes okay so this is a pretty pretty important one uh best overall performer so in my opinion that was like who did every everything they set out to do they did it well and it was effective and it could be pro promos the in-ring work just anything everything you
1: want me to go first
0: yeah, what who did you think did 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 the best overall job for January of 93?
1: So we started started off with WWF Raw and we got that weird promo with Ric Flair and uh Mr. Perfect where they yeah. like there was chaos but they like ran around to Vince McMahon and said what they had to say which it ended up, you know, doing the career versus career match. Um So I want to give this award to Mr. Perfect because every time we saw him on screen, which was not that much, uh, they kind of built, they build up to after Royal Rumble to this WWF raw that we saw last, Mm um, Mr. Perfect, even though he's a top mid Carter, he did really well with Ric Flair. Uh, they worked really well. I liked the promo uh, the only thing I'll say about him is that botch that happened when he tried to like throw his body into Ric Flair. Uh, but I, I highly enjoyed Mr. Perfect. I think he had an overall good performance. Did you have an
0: honorable mention?
1: Oh, uh, my honorable mentions Vader.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hmm. So my best overall performer was Ricky Steamboat. Okay. And I, I said it was Ricky Steamboat because every time he cut a promo, even if he was attached to Shane Douglas, is great. Mm. And uh, he was working like several different storylines throughout this month. It's like he he was doing the tag thing. Uh, it's like I'm we're, I'm tag team champions with Shane here, and then like we're gonna get a new challenger soon, and it ended up being Austin and Pillman. And they had that good that really good match at the Clash.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, like, he was pissed off about what happened there, and that's going to continue. It's going to culminate at Super Brawl 3. Yep. Um, and then he was involved in the U.S. title scene, the, the tournament. And he he cut pr- various promos throughout the tournament that were good, Um, including a babyface versus babyface promo that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, It was like the old veteran promo. It's like those, those chances, those opportunities are starting to become fewer and fewer for me. And I can't let them pass me by, Dustin, you know? <laughs> so you bring your best, and I'll bring mine. Uh, and then, like, all the matches he had, all the singles matches he had, ex- with the exception of one, were just great. Mm-hmm. Like, I would I would basically say to people, like, man, if you want to learn how to be a good babyface wrestler, watch Ricky Steamboat.
1: Oh yeah, he definitely like, he definitely uh, plays up to the crowd. He's high energy. He does a fucking great promo. I, I can see why you picked him.
0: And is that, it's not even just that; it's like the selling. And yeah, he he knows when to sell. He sells all the time, even on offense. People don't even do that anymore. Almost mm-hmm. when they go on offense, it's like magically their their injuries are healed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my the, my second honorable mention, or my second honorable mention, my honorable mention, though, was Big Van Vader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was close. I was close. Vader just did such an awesome job.
1: <laughs> but to me, like, Vader has been such, um, he's, he's always going to be the guy, right? Like, he's a big heavyweight champion. If you had a chance to put a belt on somebody, it would always be Vader. I chose Mr. Perfect because he's not in that spot. He could be a world champion. But he has to work for it. And I think that's why I chose Mr. Perfect for best overall on what we saw in January.
0: Okay. So, up next is best promo.
1: (laughs) I'll go first. Uh, So, I'm going to kind of tease the best segment. um, But the best promo is the prelude to that segment. And that's when uh, Vader uh, invites Stiga. Stinger! To the White Castle of Fear. (laughs) That's the best promo.
0: (laughs) So so the one before the White Castle of Fear segment. Yeah. Oh man. That's that's so good. I love it. To me, it's just the stereotypical wrestling promo.
1: Yeah, because I I like that you see like the snow in the background and and it looks like he's on a mountain and shit and he's just like, (laughs)
0: Stinger Tonight, or like we will have a date with destiny. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) It's like, what is he, about. it's like what is he trying to
1: do? But I'm so intrigued to find out, which we eventually do.
0: Did you have an honorable for that for that category?
1: Um, honorable, I want to say is when Cactus Jack when he started getting like I think uh I think this was that clash or it was with the steel cage match, and that's when the you know uh, Jesse Ventura goes say goodbye to fucking Cactus. But that part cactus? Yeah, where he's like telling people to shut up, like I'm not doing this for you. Yeah, I, that
0: was uh that was after the, the clash main event, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I that's my honorable mention because it's like you could tell cactus is like, I'm trying to be heel here, but you guys are cheering for me for whatever reason, so I'm just gonna say fuck you. Kind of like what Jericho does today.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that that's he's- my honorable mention.
0: Try his damnedest, but by, by the way, we don't always have to have an honorable mention for these. I just, you know, I, there's actually a couple categories here that I don't have an honorable mention for,
1: but I mean, um, I, mean I could or, think of some, but I don't mind a question, so if we do, we do, if we don't, we don't.
0: Yeah, I'll just always ask and then it would be yes or no. Uh, but like, uh, it's funny though, you mentioned Cactus because he was my best promo, uh, on. WCW Saturday night, January 16th, he cut a promo. I think this was just after, uh, I think it was after the Clash. And he said, uh, you caused the fans to cheer me, taking away their hatred that I fed off of. Now I'll feed off my hatred for you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, that's a really, that's kind of a cerebral wrestling wrestling promo a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Like he, he he thought about it in a different way, a, a different perspective and like kind of flipped that heel dynamic a little bit. Um and I thought it was pretty effective. It was like nobody even at that time, nobody cuts nobody was cutting promos like Nick Foley was.
1: And it's funny though, because it's like you could tell he thought of that on the fly. Like you don't need a writing team to like try to win over the crowd. Uh, as I go blurry screen here. Hold on, I'll fix this. I gotta say hi to everybody. Hi, um, hello. It still didn't work. Who cares? Just imagine you guys seeing me drunk if people watching live. Um, but anyway, what I like about Cactus Jack or just in in that era of wrestlers, they thought about stuff on the fly. They didn't need a writing team. Uh, they just said hey this is the situation now i'm gonna feed off of what the crowd is doing and i'm gonna either do what the crowd wants or uh, or what <laughs> be against the crowd yeah and, that, and that's how you get over
0: that's right and i don't know if you ever read any of nick foley's books or anything no but he said in the early days and i think he probably did this throughout most of his wrestling career anyway is that um when he would be driving, sometimes he'd be driving by himself. Uh, he would just cut promos in his car while he was driving. <laughs> like he would th- he would be he would be constantly thinking about promos and like what he could say and what he could do, and it, it comes off that way because it's like he he actually sat there and thought about this. Yeah, he probably sat there and thought about this in his car for like five hours, <laughs> while he was driving. You know, listen listen to whatever weird music he was listening to that day.
1: You know, I cut promos in my car driving to work uh, because I was like, this is where I'm going to quit. I'm just going to go up to the badger and go,
0: fuck you, dude. I'm not putting up these video games anymore. That's right. I cut promos in my car, too.
1: And then it they're never a, happens. they a little
0: weirder. <laughs> yeah, it never happens. Though. It's like, ah, fuck it. I need money.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what usually happens. Um, Did you have an honorable mention or did you want to move on?
0: I had an honorable mention. It was the WCW up close segment of big van Vader on oh, okay. Saturday night, January 9th. And I like these up close segments because they're, they're lower key. They have more like a sports broadcaster interview questions like uh, feel to them. Uh-huh. And this one was just really interesting. Cause you get to see Vader be chill He's like sitting there in like street clothes, but he still has like his mask on yeah. and he has his title. And he's like, he's very, he's really calm. He's actually pretty articulate here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's just really cool to see Vader like that. That's awesome. um, and he, he was giving everybody credit. He was giving Ron Simmons credit for being like, he's like, Ron Simmons is a powerful man three time, all American and blah, blah, blah. And But I beat him. And he said some shit about Stinger too. And he was giving Stinger credit, but he still beat Stinger's ass.
1: I mean, he invited him to a party, so I guess he likes him, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> he must like him a little bit. Yeah. And yep. here we go. Up next, best segment.
1: Okay. So you brought it up. I I brought it up. But uh, best segment, White Castle of Fear. Uh, that was like a fever dream for me. Um, it's kind of like it up. <laughs> this thing goes like Colorado fucking heliport or something. And he gets in a helicopter and he, he says, I have an invite to the white castle of fear. I'm I'm invited to a party. And then he goes Where
0: is the White Castle of Fear? <laughs> he's like looking around in the helicopter. And he's like, What is this White Castle of Fear anyway?
1: Yeah. And it's not even a White Castle, it's just a whole damn mountain. Uh and there's a hole in the mountain, and that's where the party's at. And you go in and there's a midget and some girls. Uh <laughs> his food on the table with uh his uh Vader's armor thing that he used in New Japan that he wear wore to scare Japanese people. Uh <laughs> and then out came Vader and his cape and uh Harley Race, and it just got weird from there, and I just loved it because it was so 90s. It was like a it was like a B-rated movie. Like if this was a movie, I'd watch it.
0: Who's the man? He's <laughs> like Vader, who's the man? And that little midget guy's like, play the game!
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> what the
0: hell? oh my god um did you have an honorable mention for that one
1: hell yeah i do arn anderson fucking uh trying to kill eric watts at a gas station
0: i called it the eric watts gas station incident
1: <laughs> i i i just love that he, you know Eric Watts is getting gas, you know, giving an uh, autograph to a little girl. And out of nowhere, Arne Anderson comes and beats the shit at him in front of the little girl.
0: (laughs) I told you I'd find your ass, boy. (laughs) He goes over here and starts whipping his ass. I love it. Oh, man. What about you? Well, that keeps it short and sweet for me because mine were the same. Uh, The best segment was Sting goes to the White Castle of Fear. Mm -hmm. And the honorable mention was the Eric Watts gas station incident. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> now the thing the thing with the white castle of fear i'll say is you said there was no castle but this is my theory the rocky mountains is the white castle of fear okay see it's all it's all covered in snow
3: mm-hmm. and that's
0: where vader's from they always say it from the rockies or the from the rocky mountains and shit this this is vader's home he calls it the white castle of fear the whole mountain you know, the whole mountain is the white castle of fear <laughs> um it was like what you were saying. It was great. It was like super schlocky.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It was just fun. It, it, sometimes it feels like a fever dream. This is part of that that time when they're doing it a little bit less. But WCW got in this weird funk where they're trying hard to be like more like WWF, mm. like with their segments and stuff. And th- this is what that is. And they do it for a couple more years. Some of the other more infamous ones are, like, the Hulk Hogan Dungeon of Doom segments and shit. <laughs> that are coming up in, like, the next couple years.
1: Oh, man, I can't um, wait.
0: God, they're so ridiculous. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, like, this is interesting for me because it's, like, I always complain when, like, wrestling is silly. But there's, like... A, <sighs> There's like a line where it it can be silly. You, you you can get into wrestling and you have to understand a little bit. There's some ham to it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There's a little bit of schlock involved. Yeah. And, and this is this is that element of it, in my opinion. And like what I don't like is when people are like, obviously, like they're having a match and it's just like this is just bullshit. I'm just going to no sell this bullshit. And I'm just going to I'm going to fight this guy who's like four times my size and it's going to take him a lot longer to beat me.
1: Oh, like the Nintendo Switch guy that would play Nintendo Switch while he wrestled?
0: I don't even know what you're talking about.
1: Oh, there's an indie wrestler that is kind of like Orange Cassidy, except without his hands in his pocket. He's playing Nintendo Switch and dodging every move and then doing moves and wins.
0: Yeah, shit like that. And shit yeah. like Orange Cassidy and, you know, the Invisible Man and the fucking hand grenade and shit and all that. I'll, Joey Joey
1: Ryan. I'll I'll do this as an indie watcher. I don't mind the invisible wrestler because trying to do moves with an invisible person, I have to say, is a little talented, in my opinion. Not not to be like, oh, it is is like a, as talented as Sting, but like imagine trying to get suplexed by a invisible entity, and it looks like you're being suplexed by an invisible entity. I think that's talent a little bit.
0: I think that's a poltergeist. <laughs> that's what I think that is. Mm-hmm. but no like um that that's my feeling on this segment and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um the eric wads gas station incident is pretty i like it for the same reasons you like it cool and the other reason why i liked it was because it it felt a little real like yeah the the dude holding the camera was like oh my god call the police he was he was a bit over the top Mm -hmm. but like it it still felt like it felt kind of like a uh uh a candid incident where somebody ha- happened to have a VHS camera. <laughs> you know, nowadays this shit would be like super overproduced and obvious looking. Yeah. Even though people have goddamn phones, they can just hold up to the screen. And, you know, I'm holding a fake. Oh, my God, what's happening? Like, you, you know, you see, like the person with the camcorder,
1: I think, felt normal. I mean, he was a little over the top, like, obviously, because he's acting to be like, oh, my God, Anderson is killing this guy. Uh, but like it felt genuine to me like today I feel like if somebody if they did a segment where like wWF uh, wwe superstar like getting beat up and they do like the whole video camera with the 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 phone that feels more fake to me because I
2: guess because
1: I I, I I see the logistics where <laughs> they they take the phone and like they 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 take a, a screenshot of like the 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 screensaver and everything. And it's like you said, highly produced and stuff. And it feels fake. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So next, uh, bit here is the best team. And uh, I don't got a whole lot to say about teams. So I'll just, I'll just do mine first. Okay. Cause for tag team wrestling this month, it was a little flat in my mm. opinion. Yeah. Uh, to me, the best team was the Steiner brothers. And they had that squash on Raw, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. They fought like the Executioners, whoever the fuck they are. <laughs> that, that's their name. I just I've never heard of them. I don't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> looks like they got hand me downs from Demolition. Mm-hmm. But um, and then they had that match with the Beverly Brothers at Royal Rumble that was pretty good. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, like it. <sighs> Nobody, I don't like Steamboat and Shane Douglas as a team, so they don't count. (laughs) Yeah, me either. (laughs) And my honorable mention is Austin and Pillman, because you can tell, like, they're really starting to cook with gas a little bit here. Yeah. It's, it's they're warming up, but it's like, compared to all these other teams, like Z-Man and Johnny Gunn, like, I'm not saying they don't feel like a tag team, they kind of do, but like, there's no other teams that feel like really strong and like something's building. And like, we, we know something's building because of fucking hindsight, but it, it comes across that way as you're watching it though. Mm -hmm. Like these guys are getting more um, chemistry going. They're, they're get they're learning to work as a tag team better and stuff. And they're bouncing off of each other and their promos better. So that's me for tag teams.
1: Um, you're gonna make me change because I was the opposite. Your honorable mention was supposed to be my best team, but it kind of makes sense because they they were building up. Like in the beginning of the month, we were just like, "I'm Brian Pillman, and here's you know, stunning Steve Austin." And then like they showcase him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um. So they did. They weren't fully as a team yet i mean they were announced as a team but they're it's growing pains in my opinion right now um yeah. so i'm gonna have to pick the steiners as the best team because <laughs> by god that frankensteiner
0: <laughs> scotty frankensteiner man
1: yeah i i would have to go with that and obviously my honorable mention is pillman and and steve austin
0: yeah and don't get me wrong there was other teams that, that had emerged that was like oh yeah that's a tag team like wrecking crew yeah, but they're just now established too. Like, they literally debuted this month, <laughs> and they're not as good as Austin and Pillman are.
2: Mm-hmm. They,
0: I mean, they're I don't know, I don't know how they end up, I don't know what their ultimate fate is. <laughs> and then, um, oh, what was another team that the Beverly Brothers, what are you gonna say about them? You know, yeah, <laughs> whatever
1: vanilla, uh,
0: vanilla best match. This is one of the more interesting categories, I think. Um, Um, What did you have for your best match? I think I know what it is.
1: I really liked Ric Flair versus Mr. Perfect.
0: I did, too. It was my best match.
1: Yeah. um, Because it came down to that, or Dustin versus uh, Steamboat, when they had Mm -hmm. the first title match uh, for the U.S. title. And that's when... Hold on, let me see if I get his name right. Barry Windham <laughs> yeah. um, came in and did that fucking DDT on the cement, and that <laughs> fucking Steamboat was done for the rest of the night. He watched Jake
0: ha- Roberts Steamboat him on the cement that one time, and he just, that's it. That's how you beat Steamboat.
1: Yep. <laughs> so that's that's my honorable mention. But just the Ric Flair versus Mr. Perfect, like that match with Heenan in the background, like, doing bloody murder when, like, Ric Flair's about to get, like, eliminated and shit. Like, th- this is how you work a match when it's, like, false finish. It's not this, like, I'm gonna do a super kick, super kick, oh, he kicks out of my finisher kind of thing. They were just doing regular moves until they finally hit their finisher. Um You know, Ric Flair did his figure four and then Mr. Perfect did his perfect plex and all that stuff. So, like... I was on the edge of my seat. I mean, I knew who was going to win because that's when yeah. Ric Flair pretty much leaves and shit. Um, but I was still like, oh, how's it going to end? How's it going to end? And, you know, the payoff was great. I kind of wish in WWE, in, in in this early Raw, like Ric Flair got pissed off or something and tried to beat Mr. Perfect up. But I guess, like, give that moment to Mr. Perfect, I guess. I don't know. I just liked it.
0: Me too. Did you was Steamboat and Dustin your honorable mention the first yeah. match? Yep. Okay. What did you think about that one?
1: Uh, I really liked it. Um, that's when they were doing back and forth kind of stuff. It, it was like slow. It was like headlock, and then they brought up the tempo in that fucking match where it just got super intense. Uh, and then you know, obviously when Barry Windham came out and did that DDT, and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Yeah. And then Dustin is, like, all happy, and then he finds out later in the interview that, you know, Barry Wyndham came out, and that's how you won. And he's like, I'm going to go talk to Steamboat right now. <laughs> and then yeah. they had their rematch.
0: Yeah, that was good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mine were the same as yours, though. Uh, oh, shit, that's Flared, two in a row. <laughs> yeah. Before my best match pick was Steamboat Dustin that first time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the Flair and Perfect match happened. It was just it was just good. It was, like, super entertaining. But it was like you, you were saying, they didn't have a bunch of crazy-ass false finishes. They had false finishes, but it was like, again, it was like a lot of wrestling moves or pinning combinations,
3: mm-hmm.
0: some submission business. Flair never beats anybody with figure four the first time he puts it on. Yeah. He puts it on usually a, a few times. I think he actually says, I've never beaten anybody with that move, man. Everybody gets out of it. Yeah,
1: because all you got to do is twist your fucking body, and then the pressure goes the other way.
0: Yeah, he needs to learn how to bend back like fucking Charlotte does.
1: Okay, this is is an honest question, because I don't know. Because I just love the spectacle of Ric Flair. What is Ric Flair's finisher besides the figure four? That's it. That's it? Jeez. I mean, that's great that you don't have a finisher that will end it.
0: He's beaten people with pinning combinations, I think. Like, he mm. roll a guy up, he grabbed his tights, or did a backslide and got him or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or or did a foreign object bullshit and pinned somebody. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, usually he, he wins by shenanigans. Okay,
1: that's cool. I, that's amazing.
0: But, yeah, I would put this up as probably one of the best Raw matches like I've seen.
3: Yeah. It's
0: got good stakes. Uh, Heenan's great during the match adding in the commentary uh, yeah, perfect was God. great yeah fucking rob bartlett finally shows his fucking mouth and <laughs> it was like good uh like i say you know perfect hit the perfect plex one time and mm-hmm. that was it that was it, that's, <laughs> it's
1: all it takes is, that, that, that's all it takes is one perfect plex
0: very refreshing yes and then steamboat dustin is just great uh because Steamboat's great, and you get to see Dustin er- er- earlier in his career, uh-huh. and he's just as good then as he is now, and or vice versa. Just as good now as he was then. I said it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but really, it's just like, I would like just go watch Steamboat Dustin. It was great. Uh, good stuff. Good technical wrestling. And they do that stuff where it's like, man, uh, I hate Rest holds. They call it rest holds. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: It's like, oh, headlock, bullshit. It's like, no, this is how you do it. This is is how you do it properly. You do wrestling stuff for a while, and then you do a bunch of spots real fast, and then slow back down again.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: That's the proper way to have a long match. (laughs) So, best commentary team. Rob Bartlett and Vince McMahon. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> no, what did you pick?
1: Hands down, and I know we only saw it. Now, are you saying based off of WCW Saturday Night and WWF Raw, or are we including pay per views as well?
0: No, we're we're going to include the pay per view teams too because they're separate teams. Like Jim Ross and Ventura did The Clash. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Gorilla and Heenan did Royal Rumble. Even if it is only one show, they could do such a good job that, hey.
1: Heenan, Heenan and Gorilla. I mean, that's I agree. What- that's hands down, uh, <laughs> yeah. honorable. Uh, the reason why I chose Heenan and Gorilla is because they feed off of them, each other so well. And I want to say this is the first time like you hear a face commentator like <laughs> pretty much be rude to his like teammate. He's like, "Ah, oh, shut up! Like, <laughs> who cares what you think? I'm going to take you over my knee." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. and, and you could tell they love working with each other. And it's sad that we're starting off when pretty much Heenan's going to lead the company. Um, yeah. and that is sad to me. Um, uh, but I want to do what I want to say with, uh, honorable mention, and this is going to sound surprising because I like Jesse Ventura. Um, but I think Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco was great because a Jim Ross is great. And B, Larry Zbysko talks about wrestling moves and how effective they are. Yes.
0: (laughs) I like him just for that because nobody fucking does that anymore.
1: So that's my honorable mention, but uh, Heenan Gorilla, hands down. What about you?
0: It's the same as you. I had Gorilla and Heenan. Just that one show they did, it was head and shoulders above everybody else. Mm Mm-hmm raw is fucking handicapped as long as they got rob bartlett on the fucking desk
1: yeah and i understand vince mcmahon like he's trying to be he's he's not bad but it's so annoying when he like raises his voice oh my god he's gonna do him suplex like he gets into that announcer voice and it's annoying
0: like listen to we, this capacity crowd yeah what a maneuver yep I can't help it. I have like a nostalgia for Vince's it, on commentary. I think he, he does a pretty decent job as a commentator. Um, I, I said he,
1: he does. Okay. But like, I wouldn't put him in, in the top five at least.
0: Yeah. Like I, I just, cause for a long time when I, when I was younger, that's I, I knew Vince as the commentary guy. Yeah. <laughs> until like, he, until he turned into Mr. McMahon. <laughs>
1: Um, until Bret Hart spit on him, I'm yeah. Gonna...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, until Bret screwed Bret. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Girl and Heenan are just amazing. And they're they're so good that even if there's like a shit match going on, mm-hmm. they make it entertaining. Because it happened when we watched Royal Rumble '92, and they had the Bushwhackers and fucking the Beverly Brothers, <laughs> with J- and Jameson was in that, and that that was fucking boring.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I showed that match to uh, one of my friends. I was telling him about Bobby Heenan, uh, because he wasn't really familiar with him, because that was like before he start ever watched wrestling. Okay. And I was like, I was like, this guy is hilarious. I was showing him like random clips of like when they would do Tuesday Night Titans and shit, mm-hmm. and he's just funny. And then I'm like, I want to show you this match because this is a perfect example of how good he is, and uh, along with the guy who's his, his co uh, his partner, Gorilla. And it's like, this match is just boring, and it goes way too long, but they spend the entire time just fucking goofing off with each other. And Heenan is just roasting the fuck out of the bushwhackers.
1: Another prime example. Um, I forgot what WrestleMania, but remember the gimmick match where Iron Cheek won the Battle Royale? I think it was WrestleMania 17, right? Yeah.
0: The, Uh, The gimmick, yeah, with all the random guys and the managers and shit.
1: Heenan and Mean Gene made that battle royale funny as fuck. Yeah, they did. And so like I I think if you put anybody with Heenan besides that stupid fucking comedian that's on WWF Raw, he could work with them.
0: Yeah, Gene, Gene Okerlund's funny too in his own way. He's yeah. he's got like a dry sense of humor. So like, <laughs> yeah, when you put those two together, it's still funny. It's just different.
1: I still I don't I, I forgot what promo it was but he like put that cigarette out
0: (laughs) damn it sherry get a hold of yourself you're hysterical (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, god dear but i I have no honorable mention because like jim ross and larry Zabisco are are doing a good job Mm -hmm. but uh i think right now like jim ross's best days are ahead of him still yeah you know, like, he's still great. Like, he still does a very good job right now. But, uh, and then, like, Zabisco is good as a uh, color guy. And, like, explaining the moves and everything. That's that's great, too. I'm real curious to see how the commentary is going to change, because Heenan and Jim Ross are going to flip-flop. Nice. You're, come March, uh, like, I'm not 100% sure when Heenan leaves, but JR gets, he debuts at WrestleMania 9. Okay. In a toga. (laughs) (laughs) But I digress. That's later. (laughs) Um, Worst overall performer. Eric Watts. Oh, you said Eric Watts.
1: Eric Watts. And he's, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm saying he's the worst because he's being pushed like a fucking, he's being pushed like Roman Reigns. But he's he doesn't have the body type, and he's terrible to watch. And when I mean terrible, I mean boring. And that's why I chose him as worst performer. I don't yeah. have an honorable mention.
0: I I do. <laughs> I'm gonna get that in a sec. But uh, like yeah, the thing with Eric Watts is just yeah, like his build's not very impressive. He's just kind of tall and lanky. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a lot of definition to him. He just looks bland.
1: And he's being pushed to the moon like he's this amazing guy.
0: He was. It seems like they're really backing off on that push now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like uh it's like I said that the few couple matches I watched, mechanically he seems pretty good. Like honestly. He doesn't Mm -hmm. fuck up moves. Everything he does seems pretty smooth. It's just the problem with him is is he has like no charisma at all. Yep. Zero. He has no physical charisma that's different from talking charisma. That's like your ability to project. Your persona out to the crowd and your movements and your actions.
1: He didn't even have charisma when he was talking to the little girl. He's like, autograph." Like, if it, if it was anybody, it has to be like, he's like, "Hey, little girl, you want an autograph of Brick Flair?" Or like, "Woo, oh, woo!
0: yeah, baby." He, he's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." and He goes, "Ah." Later, kid, and he fucking walks off. <laughs> yeah. He gets this Rolls Royce and he drives away.
1: But Eric Watts is just like. I'm Eric Watts. You want my autograph? It's kind of weird because no little girl is going to know who Eric Watts is, but they're just going to plant you here.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was like, I don't believe some like seven year old girl wants Eric Watts' fucking autograph. I don't believe that. <laughs> I can believe that for like staying or like too cold Scorpio or something.
1: I imagine like Bill Watts and like the camera crew is like at a gas station and like goes up to this random car with like the little girl's dad. And you'd be like, Hey, w- might we use your little girl to do a little segment here? What are you going to pay? How about your whole gas, full tank? Sure. Fucking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they pay for his gas so they can use his little girl in this segment. Oh, man. I don't mean to keep harping on him, though, but, like, his promos are just bad. He, mm-hmm. he stumbles through his words a lot. He can't talk. Uh, And you're right. Like, for the kind of push he's getting, it's like he's not capable of doing it Mm -hmm. um i don't know what else to say about the guy really uh so i'll go to mine Uh, my worst overall performer is rob bartlett (laughs) and this is why because here's the thing about eric watts he's trying to do the best he can yeah he's just being pushed beyond his abilities. But here's the thing about, about Eric Watts is he doesn't ruin the entire show. True. He doesn't muck up all the other segments. It, it, Rob Bartlett is like on commentary throughout these roles. And he's just say, saying fucking terrible ass jokes that aren't funny. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to do these weird skits between segments talking about, oh, we're going to see, uh, uh, Mia Farrow and fucking somebody else in a cage match. It's like, what? What are you talking about? And then it's just over. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you're making fun of the macho man, which is a big no-no. You know, you can't make fun of him, brother. Yeah. Uh, and you can't stay consistent in the storyline that Vince helped to put involve you in to give you something. And he like, oh, that. We- he bombed that. He repo man stole your blazer, pal. This gives you a reason to get involved. So you want you want Randall Savage to win. <laughs> and he's like, all right, so at first he cheers for for Randy, and then he turns on him and wants Repo Man to beat him, the guy that stole his goddamn blazer. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> and then, like, yeah, the, the the time where the show drastically improved, besides having Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect in a main event, was when he didn't fucking say a word. I hate him. I just hate him so much and I want him to go away. <laughs> so that's him. Honestly, he's probably one of the worst commentators I've ever heard in wrestling, legitimately. I agree. Like there's others. There's um oh god, fucking Mike Adamley. Remember Mike Adamley? Yeah. Oh <laughs> he was awful. He's up there with he's up there with people like Mike Adamley and stuff, in my opinion. My honorable mention is Dan Spivey. oh yeah <laughs> he only had one match and he kind of sort of had a main event with Ricky Steamboat yeah and that was the thing is I heard so much things so many things about Dan Spivey uh, mostly from Jim Cornette talking about how Spivey was terrible <laughs> and it was like I, when I saw him in a match with Ricky Steamboat who's debatably one of the best in-ring wrestlers ever he couldn't he could not get a good match out of the guy <laughs> it was passable is what i would call it mm-hmm. no thanks and, and no thanks to him he had nothing to fucking do with it he looked like shit all his offense looked like shit he looked like really stiff and like i don't know he just didn't move good
1: mhm
0: a terrible fucking opponent
1: i totally forgot about him until you brought him up again so like,
0: goddamn, that's one of the worst wrestlers I've seen in a long time is this fucking guy, like legitimately. <laughs> <sighs> so now, worst promo. I bet I know what you're going to pick.
1: <laughs> I'm going to cheat on this one. OK, so um, and there's an honorable mention uh, because it's again, it's one half of a tag team uh, for both of my mentions. Every Shane Douglas promo there is.
0: Oh yeah, he's
1: he's so. I think there was one where I kind of gave him credit where he was just like, "We're gonna beat your ass," but like then Steamboat kind of just out out uh, promos him, so it kind of goes back to being sucky again. But I never feel, you know, intimidated by Shane Douglas (laughs) when he does a promo. No, Uh,
0: it's like I said, it always feels like he's overacting. Mhm. Like he's acting.
1: Like I'm gonna kick your ass, and it's gonna be great, and you're gonna like it. It's like, oh, it's so bland. It's like I'm gonna kick your ass right now. I'm gonna suplex your bitch, and I'm gonna take your bitch, and I'm a fucker too. <laughs> like that's believable. That's like Eddie Kingston. Like I'm gonna kill you and fuck your wife.
0: That was and Scott you. Steiner. I believe Scott Steiner.
1: Yeah, I kind of spit into my microphone. That was weird. <laughs>
0: that was a good uh, Scott, Scott Steyer promo. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, every it, my honorable mention, and I always fuck up his name, but it's not Ricky Morton. <laughs> the Rock and Roll Express. Cause, Robert Gibson? Yeah, because he. he
0: <laughs> oh, come on.
1: He's just like, hey, man, you're going gonna to go down there and we're going to win that match. It's going to be great.
0: That's it. <laughs> all he has to do is say one sentence. It's just yeah. to let you know that he's there. And then it's all Ricky Morton after that.
1: Yeah. So that's my honorable <laughs> mention. Like I said, I kinda cheated because it's like I have to take out the good people because Steamboat and Ricky Morton are great. Just the other two were just terrible on the mic.
0: I honestly thought when you said tag team, I thought you were gonna mention fucking uh the oh hell, I just forgot their names now. Um fucking rage and fury oh god crew. i'll get to that <laughs> when they did the promo with zabisco and then uh, i think it was rage and he was like uh he sounded like non-intimidating at all he sat; he had like a really high voice
3: mm-hmm.
0: it was just nothing he said sounded like it had conviction behind it or like and, anger
1: <laughs> and zabisco is like oh, and we're going to go over here
0: he just he just took the mic from the other what do you think fury tell me what you think And he's like well brother we're gonna beat their asses and well it was it was it was fine it wasn't anything outstanding but it was like okay that guy's mad and he's gonna beat up these old guys
1: yeah (laughs) but what'd you Um, pick
0: i picked eric watts oh yeah (laughs) see i thought you were gonna say eric watts no I picked Eric Watts because they tried several times to get a promo out of him, and every time he stumbled through him and had no charisma and fucked everything up. And it was—they even did like one of those. Oh man, I—I I, I was uh, Eric Watts's fucking wrestling coach in college, and he was a great athlete. And it was like that didn't even involve Eric Watts, and it was fucking lame and it was boring.
1: Oh yeah, but, the, the football coach. is like he's a great guy. He's a Great football player. I, I, I you know, I, I taught him everything how he knows. I don't know much about wrestling, but I know he's a good football star, <laughs> like
0: that. Yeah, one. It was football. Yeah. I, I thought he was like amateur wrestler. I don't know why, but like, uh, yeah, like Eric Watts wasn't even in that segment. It was about him, and it was still fucking boring. <laughs> like, like that's fucking, That takes some talent to be that bad at promo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an honorable mention because to me, nothing else was as egregiously bad.
3: Yeah.
0: It's just the fact that, like, they saw with one attempt, okay, he can't talk. So then they make him try to talk several more times. <laughs> <laughs> no, just stop.
1: It's like Roman Reigns, pretty much.
0: Hey, no, I don't agree with that totally. I think Roman can cut a promo. It's what they give him. Unless- Sulford Suckatash, t- son. I said ton. <laughs> God, damn. it. The best promo he ever did, though, was when he was like, It's my yard now. And <laughs> that was it.
1: I was there. I was at the uh, arena because that was the Monday after Mania uh, at Raw, and everybody was booing him. He's like, Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. <laughs> and every time he tried to speak, it just didn't say anything until the end where it's like, This is my yard now. And best heel, heel promo ever, but he wasn't a heel then.
0: Yeah, he, now he is. Yeah. Oh, worst team. Wrecking Crew. <laughs> oh, really? Wrecking Crew, huh?
1: I think one half of it. Uh, I always mix up the, I think Fury um, was the one who has like the four moves. Because he's always the guy that does the uh, setup up for the wrecking ball. Because uh, all he does is the John Cena tackling moves, and then he just sets up the wrecking ball. The other guy does all the work. Uh and it's just <laughs> terrible.
0: <laughs> Do you but, have an honorable there?
1: Um Not really. I mean, unless you want to count Eric Watson fucking Jeff, Jeff Bagwell.
0: Jeff Bagwell?
1: <laughs> uh whatever his name is, Marcus Bagwell.
0: <laughs> Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> I'll never I never forget that. They keep putting his middle name in there for some reason. <laughs> Like he's a fucking nobleman or some shit. <laughs> uh, mine's pretty simple. I have uh, Tex Slasinger and Shanghai Pierce. And I do about you remember that. those guys? No. <laughs> See, you don't even fucking remember them. They didn't even make an impression on you. Mm-hmm. It was like, I remember I told you, it's the Godwins. When I was trying to figure out who they were.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember and now. Then,
0: one guy is wearing a mask but they both wear like black trunks and tights
3: mm-hmm.
0: and there was like that one time we were watching the saturday night and then like Tex slazzinger was like over with that crowd for some reason <laughs> i don't like there There was a giant Tex sign out there and i'm like why <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck but um i picked them because they had a couple matches and they were both like just boring yeah They did nothing like a lot of it was just them like they had a match. They had that match with DDP and Vinny Vegas, and it was fucking bad.
1: Oh, is that when DDP almost died because like he went on the ropes and he was being choked out?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Now (laughs) I remember. (laughs) Yeah, that that match sucked. um, And especially because they spent a long time working on DDP like they were working his leg, but it was like boring. Mm -hmm. And then like they had that match with uh, Cactus and Barbarian, and it would have been boring if they weren't in it. They they made it bearable. So that's they're just funny. boring. They just don't do anything that looks good or is impactful or anything. I, I guess they're supposed to be like a low-card heel team mm-hmm. that gets beat. I guess that's what their position is. But they're not fun to watch, I can say that.
1: I agree. But I still choose Wrecking Crew because I have a feeling once they meet the Rock and Roll Express, to whatever they're building up to, I think it's going to be terrible. Because Wrecking Crew is not going to be great.
0: They might become that low-card, mid-card tag team. Mm -hmm. Mid-card heel tag team. Yep. So, that's me. I don't even have an honorable mention because nobody else... It's like, I thought Wrecking Crew, honestly, had been okay so far. Mm. It's like, oh, we, we put together a big guy tag team. We don't have one. These guys are okay. They're not bad. They're not the Road Warriors or fucking Demolition or anything like that, but they're serviceable.
1: Uh unless you let that one guy speak.
0: Just don't let rage speak. He has no rage in his voice. <laughs> he has estrogen in his voice. <laughs> Wor- worst segment. Uh I'll
1: go first. Uh okay. pretty much when Rob Barlett fucking ruined Macho Man's and v- versus Repo Man's match.
0: Oh, that's what you well oh, uh, this might be my fault a little bit. I, I should have clarified what a segment is.
1: Okay. So, so, so
0: a segment like, okay, like Sting goes to the White Castle of Fear. That's a segment. It's like, you know, they set up this scene.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: something happens. It's not necessarily a promo, but something happens. Like a an elongated scene of something. Eric Watson the Gas Station is another segment. Mm-hmm. So did you have a segment that sucked?
1: You go, and let me think about this for a little bit.
0: Okay, here's mine. Mine was Undertaker and Paul Bearer headlock on Hunger. <laughs> <laughs> because this isn't a promo. This isn't a promo to get you hyped for a match or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just them saying, like, hey, we support fucking not having people starve in Somalia. And <laughs> they had the Undertaker, Paul Bear, do one. And he says, no one should starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what why? It's like they're fucking his character up just by doing this.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Undertaker shouldn't even be involved in shit like this.
1: hmm And that's when he wasn't speaking that much, right?
0: He's, he... Almost never said anything at that point
1: until that <laughs> until that promo. All right, I got one, and I want to say it wasn't bad, but it's weird what they're doing with him because he's on his way out. But uh, Kamala and Reverend, whatever his name is, Spike. I don't know. Yeah, I found it weird that they were trying to like take this. I'm trying to say without sounding like <laughs> a little edgy, but like taking this monster guy uh, and like turning him like into this face character, almost like stupid as well because he, the whole pinning thing, I know he couldn't do that when he was a heel um, as a monster. I don't know. I, it just didn't stick with me that well. I I kind of just wrote it off. I'm like, that's eh, kind of nice. But I, out of, out of everything that I've seen, I would want to say that's the worst segment.
0: It didn't really have much of an impact. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I, yeah, you know, that's fine mm. for a, a bad segment pick. And then finally, we got worst match.
1: You go first on this one.
0: Okay. My nomination for worst match is DDP and Vinny Vegas versus Tech Slasinger and Shanghai Pierce. Okay. I already got into that a little bit where it was really boring. Mm hmm. And here's the thing: the other team, DDP of Vinny Vegas. It's here's the thing: DDP at this point has little in-ring experience. Mm-hmm. I think around this time he's still in the process of training as a wrestler. Yeah, because uh, if you notice, that was the only match he had on the whole month we watched. Whereas Vinny Vegas had a couple of matches and segments. Mm-hmm. And then Vinny Vegas, Kevin Nash is early in his career at this point, but he's really trying. So, he's he's green.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: These other two guys, I think they have experience. They're just fucking, I guess they're being low-card heel wrestlers. <laughs> and, like, they spent way too long getting heat. It just wasn't engaging. And the worst part about it was it had a really weird, bad finish.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It, where, like, they both got disqualified. And for a while, you couldn't tell that that's what happened yeah and it just ends and it's like that match sucked because nobody got over it was heel versus heel and nobody got over so it was just a big fucking waste of time <laughs> and that's why it's the worst match
1: there you go i have one and this it, it may sound surprising to you because i think with this wrestler he did his best But the other wrestler, who the fuck is he and, like, what kind of character he is? Taker versus Demento. Okay. I appreciate Taker trying to work with Demento. Demento looks like an idiot. Um, He doesn't wrestle really well. And Taker tried to salvage as best as he can. But I think he just couldn't do it. And (sighs) I hate saying Taker matches are bad because they're not. Um, but this was kind of bad and Taker couldn't salvage it. So that's my worst match.
0: This is the period of time in Undertaker's career where it's it's dark.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He uh he gets stuck working with a lot of guys, a lot of really big guys that either can't work or you can't have the kind of match you're supposed to have with them. Like he fought Kamala. Mm-hmm. That was a WrestleMania match, but it's like Kamala can't have a Kamala match with the Undertaker. So it's just Undertaker beating Kamala. <laughs> and it's just like, eh, nobody cares. Yep. <laughs> That's one of the ones nobody remembers. Um, But, yeah, Damien Demento is just really boring and stiff, and I don't understand what the fuck his gimmick's supposed to be. <laughs> Is he, is he crazy? It said from, like, the inner recesses of your twisted mind or some bullshit. <laughs> like, I, like that's that's where he's from. <laughs> Look at the state of him. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. Go Google search Damien Demento, and you'll see.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even have an honorable mention. I just thought that match was just... Uh, I don't know what the fuck.
0: <laughs> it was really weird because both first shows we watched for each respective promotion had a main event where there was a really good guy in the main event and he wrestled a guy who was shitty and dragged him down. Mm -hmm. You had Ricky Steamboat against Dan Spivey and you had Undertaker against David Demento. If we could somehow break space time continuum and have Ricky Steamboat wrestle the Undertaker, then it would have been fine. Have they ever faced each other? I don't think so. I think Steamboat left WWF before, like, I think they passed each other kind of thing. Oh.
1: Man, yeah. I wish I wish Steamboat was still alive and do a match. I mean, Taker's...
0: <laughs> Steamboat's not dead. He's still alive.
1: No, I know he's alive, but I like I, he's, like, really, really old. I, that's what I meant to say.
0: Okay. Well, you know, when you're old, you're basically dead anyway.
1: Yeah, in wrestling, you, you are.
0: You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs>
3: there all okay. right
0: so oh. what do we got next okay this was a suggested by you
3: mm-hmm.
0: where we kind of do a thing this is just for fun where it's like uh we pick four guys to be in our faction mm-hmm. from around this time and there's no rhyme or reason to this really it's just like who do you want to hang out with in your fucking faction it'd be cool so it's zx versus the dubs world order
1: yep you
2: want to yeah, go who, first
0: who would win? I don't know. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. So here's in my who's in Z. Here's who's in ZX. You got two Colt Scorpio.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: For his sweet ass '90s vignettes, and his dance moves, and his slick ass offense. What a cool guy. <laughs> He's cold. Next, you got Razor Ramon. Okay. Chico. See, Razor's got he can bring a little bit of the edge to it to the group. He can. He can talk. He can he can work pretty well. So he, he hey yo. This is before he started doing hey yo.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then Big Van Vader to have the muscle
3: mm-hmm.
0: and and do ridiculous promos. <laughs> and finally Bobby Heenan <laughs> just to round it all off. We're all managed by Bobby Heenan.
1: That's great. I like it. Um, in Dubs World Order, uh, I chose these four guys. Uh, it's pretty much a heel group, in my opinion. Um, so we have the family man, Chris Benoit. Uh, <laughs> because he I love his energy and I love his fucking suplex that he does. Then we have Mr. Perfect, because if you team up Chris Benoit and Mr. Perfect, that would be my tag team right there.
0: Yeah, it'd be a pretty uh, interesting
3: team.
1: Yeah, it would be. Uh, I call <laughs> I call them the suplex machine, machine or whatever because they do suplexes. Um, it's a bad name, but just have, what that's their forte. They're technical. Um, Paul Orndorff, uh, I guess, would be like the mid card, uh, champion if if they ever got the championships. Paul Orndorff is a fucking mean motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> He'll fuck yeah. you up and pile drive you on the cement. Like
0: <laughs> he's really great at projecting like that menace that he's like, I'm I'm this dirty motherfucker that fights. Mm-hmm. I fight you, and I'll take any advantage I can get.
1: And he's all pure muscle, like you said. I think you mentioned it where he's just like he's a, a fucking muscle machine, no no steroids. It's all natural.
0: Yeah, apparently he's like a fitness fanatic. Or he was. He's yeah. old now.
1: Uh and then I, I, I'm going to have to use, because I love his promos, and I love that he, he's going to fuck you up no matter what, but Vader, Big Van Vader, <laughs> he would obviously be.
0: <laughs> you could never gill the Dubs Order. <laughs> Who's the man? Not the <laughs> man, the men.
1: But yeah, that's that's my stable for now and every month it could change. I could still probably still have the same people, but who knows? Maybe a new person will enter.
0: Yeah, somebody else could be really entertaining or do something cool or have like a really awesome super 90s vignette of dancing, a music video with uh-huh. children where he dunks on them yep. and then takes them to school. <laughs> he he took them to school. On the basketball car, and then he literally took them to school. Yep. <laughs> Two cold. Scorpio. yo. Do, 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 do,
3: do. Yeah. Let me Here we go. got to do the head a... bob.
0: Yeah. That, that beat is infectious. I don't mm-hmm. know. Here's the big one. I've been looking forward to this. Top 12 talent. Okay, you know so what? I... Everybody does top tens. I like to do top twelves. I like to do a twelve pack, brother.
3: Because
0: mm-hmm. I'm—I don't know—I'm weird. Sometimes <laughs> people get honorable mentions. They're like, "Man, I hate to leave that guy out." So I give—I give two more spaces. There you go. And uh, the whole criteria for this was just like, who just impressed you? Who did awesome? And it could be any reason you want to rank these guys wherever you did and okay. it doesn't have to just be wrestlers it can be managers it can be commentators mm-hmm. whatever you want to uh let's let's do let's go back and forth and do, do this i think okay so we'll start at the bottom number 12 what did you pick for number 12
1: i picked two colt scorpio um he was probably one of the major fucking cruiserweights that stood out to me i mean there was cruiserweights who did flippy moves but he was like the only one that would do crazy like 450 splash and all that stuff and his little music video was funny so that's why i put him at number 12
0: mm, okay my number 12 is sean michaels okay and uh i put sean here because like He hasn't been on Raw that much. I mean, there's only been three episodes of Raw this month anyway. Mm -hmm. But uh, still yet, it's like he had one match um, against Max Moon. Mm -hmm. And then he did like a promo on the phone. And then he did a pretty good job at the Royal Rumble. There's a whole can of worms on that match, you know, in my opinion. It could have been better than what it was. I agree, uh, but uh, right now he's still kind of forming as a singles performer. In my opinion,
3: mm.
0: he hasn't really cut any promos a, a lot. I think he he had he had Sherry with him for a while because of that. It's just like he may not have been like ah, I don't know how to do his promos shit, brother. <laughs> I need a I need a manager for a little bit. Um, he's starting to come into his own, though. I just maybe next month it, he'll maybe he'll be on Raw more, maybe. And but he right now he's still doing a good job. You can tell, like, oh, when Sean has a match, it's good so far.
1: He's starting to become Mr. WrestleMania soon,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> What's uh, your 11? Dustin. Um, Dustin. the reason I chose him, um he's very low on my list is because he's a spitting image of Dusty Rhodes Um, that's all I could say it's nothing bad it's just like it wasn't original (laughs) and it's kind of like he starts to you know break out of Dustin and become his own when obviously when he becomes Goldust but like Dustin is very not him in my opinion but he still does it really well and that's why I put number him at number eleven.
0: Okay. My eleven is Jim Ross. Okay. He he he's really holding it down as a play by play guy in WCW. Uh some of his Jim Rossisms still happen, you know. Uh huh. Good God, the impact. Yeah, you know, he's still he's he still has that a little bit. He doesn't quite have as many as when he gets into WWF. Yeah. Uh he hasn't had a lot of those f- real big freak out moments. For God's sake, somebody stop the damn match. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's not
0: it's there like, yet. He's like, he's getting fucking pissed, upset that this is happening. Like, yeah, it's not, that's not, he's not at that point yet. But um, yeah, he still does like other little interview segments here and there and stuff. He's doing a good job. I, I like, I like having him on there. It's just later, later on in time, if we keep doing this, he will, he will rise the ranks.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right. My number ten, I have Steamboat. Um, he should be a little higher, but there's more there's more I'm gonna botch on English. There's more better in <laughs> up higher than
0: Bro, there's better talent. There's more better talent than Ricky Steamboat, bro. <laughs> Ricky Steamboat's
1: good. I like <laughs> I, I like his promos, I like his matches, but the other performers shine a little bit more and catch my interest more than Steamboat. This steamboat, uh, this is when he's starting to like get out of wrestling, right? This is like his tail end, pretty much.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I would say, sure, like his career is starting to wind down a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, remember, he got out because of injury. I don't think he meant to retire that early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he probably would have kept wrestling, my guess, is probably to the late 90s. maybe Maybe 98 would be my guess. Okay. Not sure about that, though. That's just me guessing.
1: Yeah, but um, that's who I pick. I pick Steamboat. What about you?
0: We're, that was your uh,
1: 11? 10.
0: Oh, that was your 10. Okay, yeah. My 10 is Bobby Heenan. Okay. <laughs> and he's, he's just lower because he only appeared on two shows so far besides the first episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. where he was trying to get into the building the whole time yep like it's weird because every time wwe wants to talk about like early raw and like the first historic episode of raw they always make this big deal about oh it was so great bobby heenan was trying to get into the building the whole time yeah it's not that funny it's just kind of funny
1: yeah like, um it wasn't like I wasn't laughing my ass off. I was laughing my ass off with the Ric Flair versus Mr. Perfect match. But yeah. him trying to get in and dressing up as a woman was funny. But I feel like that was Vince McMahon trying to do jokes. Be like, hey, you'll be funny if you dress like a
0: woman."
3: <laughs>
0: that's that's totally Vince. One hundred percent visual gags and all this other stuff is that's what it was. It was- it was a lot more funny when Heenan's making like hilarious fucking remarks behind the desk or something, or doing the narcissist, the yeah. narcissist, his debut. <laughs> I still say, I swear to God, when Heenan was doing that shit, he was ribbing Vince. He he had to have been doing like a Vince impression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at the, look look at the pecs, the abdominals, the the traps. He's just he's just he's better than God. <laughs> what the what? It was so weird, and it got, like, borderline homoerotic. I just... (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, number nine. What's your number nine?
1: Barry Windham. Um, Okay. He's, again, another wrestler that is on his tail end of his career, Uh, but I love how he inserted himself with the Pillman and Steve Austin, but then kind of peeled off a little bit where he becomes his own and... Tags a little bit with Vader and Paul Arndorf and Harley Race. Now he's part of that group now. Um, I love his style of wrestling. He reminds me of JBL a little bit, if that makes any sense.
0: He's got a similar... I mean, Bradshaw's bigger than him, like, mm-hmm. frame-wise, but they have, like, a height and similar stance, I would say. Sure. Could I buy that.
1: I, I feel like they're very, like... On the nose toughness, kind of thing. Um, comparing like his DDT to the clothesline from hell, kind of thing, I feel like it's their style. Um, is similar.
0: I think Barry's a better wrestler than him, though, by oh, yeah, quite a bit,
1: quite by a fucking uh (laughs) mile, probably more hundred miles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's my number nine, Barry Wyndham. What about you?
0: My number nine is Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. Okay, and uh, I put him at nine just because so far he's not doing like a whole lot of real big stuff, and I don't think he will. He's come. He's coming to the end of his mainstream career here too. Like his his main event days were in the eighties and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, he's still great. He's still uh, that's the thing is I've seen some eighties WWF stuff lately here and there, mm-hmm. like within the past year or so, and like here he he's in the same shape he was he's working the same way he did he does not appear any slower or or anything like that yeah he's just, he's doing the same stuff he's cutting the same promos it's not the i'm not saying that's bad he's just very consistent
3: mm-hmm.
0: and uh i like his i like his wrestling and the, the how he projects in the ring I, like I, he's just like this hard nosed just good worker mm mm-hmm. And he's very smooth. Everything he does is smooth. And sometimes he does a funny sell. Sometimes he'll do this thing where he'll, like, get hit in the head and then, like, dot, like bend forward and then fly back like it's a, like a comedy <laughs> routine or something just for a second.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he always gets me to laugh when he does that.
1: I love that, too. All right. Are you done? Yeah, that was it. Number eight, Bobby Heenan. Um, <laughs> The reason why I chose Bobby Heenan is mostly what you said already. Uh, just again, uh, Bobby Heenan knows how to quickly say jokes. Uh, the narcissist was fucking funny <laughs> as fuck when he was just like, "Look at those dies! Show him! Show! Look at the dies!
0: It's great!" <laughs> oh, like <can> just imagine <laughs> him sweating like when he's doing that.
1: Yeah, um, I do like. With him and Gorilla, I think uh, there were times where <laughs> he, he was like, "Man, I hope he drowns or something like that." Or so, he said something along the lines of that, and like it's so like mean to say, but they pretty he pretty much goes like, "Man, I hope he dies." <laughs> and then Gorilla's like, "What?" <laughs> he's like, "Nothing." <laughs> or like when uh, in the Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair when he's trying to do the hammer thing, he's like, "You got a hammer in there?" No. I don't got no hammer.
0: Why do you have the timekeeper's hammer? Shut up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh
0: that's my
1: um number eight. I I put Bobby Heen a little higher because he's entertaining every time.
0: Very entertaining. Mm-hmm. My number eight was Brian Pillman. Okay. And it's cause like right now Brian Pillman's really starting to like he show off some of his other skills uh cuz at this point in time uh, up to this point here i think he'd only been a baby face so far
3: mhm uh
0: and i don't really recall him cutting that many promos before no and like right here he start to cut more promos and i think he start to show more of his his personality um I think some of this is just his actual personality from like what I've heard of him. (laughs) He seems to be like this really just loud, like colorful guy. (laughs) And he, he has a way of expressing that, like just in him talking. Um, It uh, him with Austin and they are doing this thing. He's like, we're going to be, we're gonna." I can't do that raspy fucking voice. He has, he's like, we're going to be the greatest team that this sport has ever seen. Like all this shit. And it's just like, I believe him though. when he says that. Yeah. Not just like the hindsight shit and all that, but like, you know, cause the team was actually pretty short lived. The Hollywood blondes. Yeah. Uh, I think they were only together for like maybe almost a year, mm-hmm. but, um, his heel work, though, is like, that's interesting, too, because I don't think he ever worked as a heel up till this point unless he did it in Stampede Wrestling before he went mainstream.
1: I, I don't know much about uh, face Brian Pillman. I've always seen him as heel, and I think that fits his forte, uh, especially when he became a nutty guy in, like, WWE when, you know, attitude ever happened where, you know, the whole Austin get did he get shot or not kind of thing
0: going on yeah well the the whole moniker "Flying brian comes from when he was babyface in wcw he would do a lot of high flying moves
3: Mm -hmm.
0: He'd do a lot of cross bodies and like his finisher was the air pillman you know like the springboard clothesline but Mm -hmm. at that point nobody ever fucking did a springboard clothesline so that was like a big move Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's uh that's pillman i've always really liked pillman though
1: same i i I don't even have him on my list i should have put him on my list but whatever um number 7 for me is uh, we already talked about the man but I'll talk about him again Paul Orndorff he's in my stable um because he's a fucking crazy motherfucker and he'll yeah. beat your ass and he's muscle as shit uh I like I my favorite segment is when <laughs> they they Harley raise fires fucking barbarian and uh <laughs> Paul Orndorff oh. just, just takes him and pile drives him right there and God
0: damn it. I almost put that on my list and I like, I talked myself out of it. I was like, no.
1: <laughs> and, and that's why he's up there at number seven. That's my number seven pick.
0: I love that segment. That was a great segment. Mm-hmm. Um, My number seven was Mr. Perfect. Okay. And Mr. Perfect. He was doing a good job on every, every opportunity he was given so far. Mm-hmm. Um, His matches were good. Uh, he cut that one promo. I kind of wish he could have cut a couple more promos, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He, he had a good performance in the Rumble. He was only, he wasn't in it very long, though.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that was the other thing. It was a little disappointing. He got out so quick. Um, but yeah, Perfect's great. I've always liked Mister Perfect. I've I've always been pretty partial to him. Uh, he's still got some time ahead of him in his career. He. He keeps having, like, bad luck with injuries around this time, I think. Like, I think he just came off of an injury. I don't know what it was. I think it was a back injury. Yeah. And here again soon, he's going to get (laughs) re-injured.
1: I just saw a clip of him facing against Big Show when he was, like, uh, whatever, when he had long hair and shit. Big Show. The Giant? Yeah, and he did a perfect plex on fucking Big Show. Fuck. Dude. (laughs) Dude. I don't know how the fuck he did it, but he did it like he I I don't even think Big Show like jumped off, you know, like when Big Show he does like he jumps his body in the air to give him like momentum. Yeah, not not this thing. He picked him up and he he plexed him.
0: (laughs) I was heard. I always heard perfect was a pretty tough guy, like legitimately.
1: Because he probably said, dude, brother, I'm, I'm doing it on my own. Don't fucking do it or I'm going to beat the shit out of you in the showers or something like that.
0: <laughs> I don't think, you know what? His personality backstage was always like, uh, he was like an infamous river. Mm-hmm. He, he had a lot of fun joking around with the guys and stuff. He was a little bit wild though too. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was, he had a legitimate background in amateur wrestling uh, and he was very good. So he was also like a shooter. So like nobody would fuck with him because he could tie you in knots. But there was like this story, you know, the the plane ride from hell story.
1: No, I didn't hear it about that.
0: Okay. You you know, you know about the infamous plane ride from hell though, right?
1: I I actually don't.
0: Okay. So like, I think this is 2002 Uh, WWE. They're like, they're going somewhere on this plane ride and it's like Vince's private jet, I think. Mm -hmm. And some of the guys are on the jet and, uh, I, I don't know if it was the private jet or not. Either way, a lot of the guys are on the jet and everybody is just fucking assing off in the plane, just doing crazy shit to each other. (laughs) Like, uh, what the fuck happened like somebody was trying to cut yeah Uh, X-Pac was trying to cut Michael Hayes's hair because he fucking hated him (laughs) and um, Ric Flair was naked (laughs) he was wearing nothing but his robe and I think he was drunk (laughs) uh, Vince was trying to have a wrestling match with Kurt Angle (laughs) and then Brock Lesnar and Mr. Perfect were doing this alpha male thing where they weren't really like pissed at each other, but they wanted to know who would win in a fucking wrestling, like a amateur wrestling match.
1: I think Brock Lesnar could beat him.
0: I don't know what happened because this is what happened. (laughs) They were having it and it got pretty intense and uh they almost hit the fucking emergency door (laughs) and caused everybody to get sucked out of the plane it was like this huge incident and it was like after that fucking plane ride uh and there's there's a bunch of other stories like little small stories about that i i just forgot because so many things happened at once Mm -hmm. but after that there was like vince was like i guess because they almost died he was like, "God damn it! No more assing off on the plane, okay?" <laughs> just,
1: While he's fuck. having a fucking wrestling match with Kurt Angle.
0: Yeah, well Well, it's just a friendly wrestling match. They weren't <laughs> running into the goddamn plane walls and almost getting everybody killed. <laughs> um, that's, that's great. Yeah, sorry for that long tangent, but like, it's part of Mister Perfect's, you know, lore mm-hmm. <laughs> in wrestling. So.
1: I guess we'll move it along here. Number six for me is the family man, Chris Benoit. Uh, He didn't have, he had one promo. Uh, He kind of kept it short and sweet. He's like, I want to face the top dogs pretty much, uh, but I need to, you know, fight off the roster before I get there and I'm going to do it. Uh, And every match that he did, he fucking owned. Uh, I think there was one match. I forgot what it was where he was just carrying the dude. uh, And, uh, Bagwell, I think, was one of the other ones where it's just like he's doing okay, but Benoit had to do all the work, and that's why he's in my number six because he's in my he's in my stable. He's my he's one of my boys. Yeah. What about you? Woo. Ric Flair.
0: <laughs> Woo. Oh, yeah. It's Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Um. He's like in the middle of the pack here, and to me, it's just because he didn't do get to do enough. It was all mm-hmm. like he had, yeah, the perfect flair, uh, mini feud, I guess, was a big part of the WWF programming for that month. Um, but like flair got to cut one promo the entire time, mm-hmm. which I think was a missed opportunity. <laughs> they should have had him cut maybe a couple more.
1: I think it was just uh, Vince being probably sour He'd be like, I don't want, I don't, we need to get this fucking guy out of here.
0: I don't know. As far as I know, they parted amicably. I think it was just his contract ran out.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: like, I don't think there was any bad feelings between the two of them. Uh, I, he, I, I'm not sure about this. It's just me speculating. I think he just signed kind of a short time uh, deal because he thought that the management would change in WCW fairly quick. So he just wanted to go somewhere and make some money for a little while. Okay. Um, but great match. He had a pretty good performance in the Rumble. Not as good as 92. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I said, if he was able to cut some more promos, I probably, he'd probably be a little bit higher. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna feed off of yours. My number five was Ric Flair. Ah. Um, Reason why I chose Rick Flair is because to be the man, you got to beat the man. Um, He's always going to be great in any role that he does, even if it's not like if it's limited uh, or he's putting somebody over. He does the work. It's it's him, Uh, and every time he gets a microphone, you just feel the energy. You know,
0: (laughs) you feel the cocaine. Yeah, especially (laughs) like
1: especially that promo with him and uh, Mister Perfect where (laughs) they were running to. Vince McMahon and be like,
0: I'm going to beat him. Woo. I fucking love that. He's like, I swear in front of God and everybody. And then like, Vince's eyes get really big when he says that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His reaction is what made it.
1: Yeah. But I'm going to keep it short and sweet because you already hit the, you know, strides on Ric Flair. I'm just always going to, he's always going to be in my top 10 or top 12. So
0: most likely an all time. Great. Mm-hmm. No doubt.
1: What about, um, what about you?
0: Number five is Cactus Jack,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and Cactus is he's getting an upswing in his career here for a little while. Yeah, he's turning babyface. He's getting more popular. He's getting more segments. He's cutting good promos. Um, it his matches lately they're they're fine. Here's the thing about. Cactus or Vic Foley like his matches aren't all about like technical horseshit stuff yeah he's a brawler he's like he's a brawler guy and his other strength is like the psychology of the match like what, what he's doing in there yeah Um, and it's just right right now he's still on the upswing like when he's going to start doing some he's going to get to a feud with Vader soon It's all, it's been planted the seeds have been planted and it's coming up
1: mm-hmm I can't wait till those stiff blows that they're gonna do.
0: They fuck each other up for like a couple months. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really cool to see Cactus uh, McFoley in an earlier in his career when he's in a little bit better shape, and he can still do some of the crazy stuff that he wants to do.
1: Yep. My number four is the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Chico. Great. He's always great as a promo, uh, especially with the, you know, I have the gold around my neck and I'm going to get the gold around my waist. Uh, especially when he's like at, at like a basketball game and he tells this guy, get the fuck away from me.
0: It <laughs> was awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, the reason why he's at number four is the match that he had with Bret Hart at Royal Rumble um that match was insane um it is probably up there with it's probably neck to neck with the mr perfect and Ric flair match in my opinion i should have put that as an honorable mention that's actually a good honorable mention i forgot um but i have razor monair because of that bret hart match uh that
0: that was a really good match
1: i think razor should have got the belt there I think he deserved maybe a title, a world title run before he left soon or is about to leave.
0: No, he's still got three years there. Okay. Yeah.
1: But I don't think he gets another big title shot like that anymore. I think the next thing is the Intercontinental, right, championship? Yeah,
0: you're right. He stays in the IC title picture after this for a long, for the rest of his career there.
1: Yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, obviously, Brett is always going to be the man uh, to have the belt. Uh, and unfortunately, Yokozuna is going to, you know, win. And then Bonsai and something stupid happens after that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I digress on that. Yeah. And, and that's
0: my number four. Reads and OK. My number four is Dustin Rhodes. Oh, shit. i was like yeah he's a lot lower on yours but he's higher on mine yeah and it's because uh i was just not too familiar with dustin's wcw work and it's in ring he's great Mm -hmm. this is like he's he's a lot younger here so he's got like a lot more energy he can go a lot faster for longer yeah he's pretty dynamic performer right now um Kind of what you're saying where it's like, yeah, he's kind of aping his dad a little bit. Yeah, he is. He, he is. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why he wanted to just leave WCW and just do something else, mm-hmm. which is coming in a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he ever turns heel in WCW while he's there. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, it'll be kind of interesting if he does. It kind of seems like maybe there might be some uh, possibility of it right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure about that. Uh right now I just enjoy his matches. His promos are good. There nothing's been really uh you know intense or life changing.
3: Mm.
0: But his promos are solid and they get he's gets fired up.
1: I mean, making good points, making good points. Um my number three, unless you have anything else to say about Dustin. No, that's it. Mine number three is Cactus Jack. Um, oh. I, I, with Mick Foley, he's 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 decent in wrestling, but I what I like about Cactus Jack in this is his promos. His promos make me believe <laughs> that, he, that he's mad at, at the fans for liking him, and just the way he words things and stuff, uh, for a promo, it's just very unique and interesting. So that's why. He's at number three. I mean, you already we already talked about the other stuff with Cactus Jack. Uh, I really started to like him after uh, Clash of
0: Champions. So, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, my number three is Barry Wyndham. Oh shit! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Barry has really impressed me lately. And here's the funny thing: is I don't even know if like he's You know compromised at this point so to speak physically like if he's got injuries that are slowing him down or anything
2: Mm -hmm.
0: i don't know i i was never that familiar with his work uh that's my fault (laughs) but like uh i think he had like a bigger heyday in the 80s -hmm. yeah he's coming in on the end of his career this within a couple years here um god i remember when he was in wwf i didn't know this at the time but he came in as the stalker <laughs> and it was like this weird vince fucking gimmick idea i think he got the idea from learning that barry liked hunting
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh that was one of the things he would do like uh, one of the questions like people like when i listened to, to cornet show somebody asked him a question one time like why did barry windham never win like a world title or get pushed as a world title main event guy that much And he said it was because he flip-flopped between promotions a lot. Like, he wouldn't stay anywhere very long. And it might have just been that he just didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is, like, the case for uh, Scott Hall, actually. Scott Hall didn't want to be the world champion. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't like the the pressure and shit. He didn't like the idea of that. Yeah. Um, That's that's his words. But, uh, like... Uh, I guess Barry would, yeah, he'd just flip-flop between promotions a lot and then he'd fuck off after he made a bunch of money and just go out in the woods for like, I don't know, months? Until he ran out of money or got bored of that and then he would go wrestling again. <laughs> I mean, that's, so that's, that's,
1: just, that's the life.
0: That's how he wanted to live his life. And I guess when he went to WWF and he talked about hunting, he's like, well, I got a gimmick for you, pal. You're going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked like, He had like face camo face paint on and he was talking about like how I'm going to stalk you through the fucking woods, fucking Brett Hart, and I'm going to like skin you or some shit. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. It was weird. (laughs) But um, Barry is a great wrestler. He has great, great fucking mechanics and everything he does. Very smooth. I always heard like he's one of the smoothest workers ever. It's like I see it. Mm -hmm. I've not seen him fuck up once. Good promos. Right now, like the persona he has, he comes across as this really sleazy, like, backstabby guy who will take advantage of you at any moment. It seems like it's to the point to where they're calling him the controversial Barry Windham.
1: You know, he kind of (laughs) reminds me of Randy Orton a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, I bet Randy probably studied him.
1: Yeah, because he's very... He's, and when I mean sleazy, I mean sleazy as a heel. Um, He picks his spots. I mean, if if you want to think about it, when he took out Steamboat, it's kind of like the correlation of the RKO on the outside, where he comes out of nowhere like a snake and take him out and then get out of there. I mean, that's what heels do, but I don't know. I had this weird uh, Orton feeling when he did it.
0: I bet Randy's studied him a couple times.
1: Mm-hmm. Are we, are we ready for number two?
0: I'm ready for your two.
1: I mean, we kind of teased it a little bit in the beginning. Um, but my number two is going to be Vader. Um, great promo. Great, great promo. I love this White Castle of Fear. Um, every time he's in the ring, you're just like, whoever's facing him, even if he's like a set superstar... Especially that last episode that we saw of WCW Saturday night when he faced with Sting and I forgot who the other person was he tagging with. Dustin. Yeah, Dustin. He was just like killing Dustin the whole he match? He was whipping his ass. Yeah. So, like, I I really like it. I He, he definitely made me, I mean, WCW Saturday night, uh, not live, WCW Saturday night made me like Vader again. And that's all I'll say.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, my number two is Ricky Steamboat. Okay. Yeah, and that's just because the work Ricky's been putting out is the whole month has just been really good. He's he's stuck with bum tag team partner right now. Mm-hmm. Shane Douglas is not an entertaining wrestler to watch, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And his promos are just blah. It's like, they, they got to do promos together. Steamboat will say something and it's awesome. And then he'll say something and it's just like, fuck, just roll your <laughs> eyes. Like, all right, shut up. I want to hear Steamboat talk. <laughs> <laughs> he has all these great matches with everybody except Dan Spivey because he's just a 300 pound sack of shit. <laughs> and, um, just, I, I already sung his praises earlier. It's just to me, he's, it was so close. It's just right. If he weren't stuck with fucking Shane Douglas, he might very well be number one. Yeah. But it is what it is.
1: All right. My number one. I tease it again in the beginning, but Mr. Perfect is my number one. I already praised him. Um, I just like him overall uh, on what I've seen. And it was, it was like only a few things. Like there was one promo Royal rumble and then the Flair versus uh, Mister Perfect Match. And I was sold. Uh, yeah. all all it takes is just one match, and I'm I'm sold. So that is my Mister Perfect. That's my Mister. Perf- that's my number one pick. Is Mister Perfect?
0: Yeah. When I, when I heard like all oh, are gonna do flare Perfect later, I was like, that's gonna be great. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no question.
1: No shadow um, of a doubt.
0: Yeah, my number one pick is uh. Is, is is who's the man you know it's <laughs> fucking vader vader is number one there you go he's number one because he's the world champion Bret hart's the world champion right now but here's the brett didn't even make my list and he's one of my favorite he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time
3: mm-hmm. he didn't
0: make it and here's why he didn't make it because he was barely on the shows at all mm-hmm. he just he just didn't he wasn't on tv enough and i'm not saying oh, you gotta be on tv every goddamn week you gotta be you know you gotta have a 30-minute match every week no no fucking of course not but um that's the same thing for sting sting was barely on tv
3: yeah
0: for all january it wasn't really towards the end it was he's at clash and he had the uh the close-up promo mm-hmm. did the white castle of fear mm-hmm. and then he had the tag match with dust and you just talked about yep um that was it uh, Vader though he was constantly in the programming. Without overstaying his welcome, he did a close up. He did uh, promos with other guys. Um, he had a squash match. Vader is the king of squashes in my opinion. hmm <laughs> Yeah, he had a couple tag matches. He had one with Thorndorf, and that was great. It was just it's just it was just whipping these guys' ass. That's all it was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then he had one with Barry Wyndham, where Barry Wyndham was his best friend, and they looked to really enjoy their company. And, <laughs> and then there was the, the clash match that was also really entertaining and fun. Mm-hmm. And then the White Castle of fear, all the promos. He just everything he did was great. And then every time he had a match or something, it was like you you knew, like oh man, shit's gonna go down. Vader's in a match. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what happens.
1: And then he kills the other person.
0: <laughs> it he kills the other guy, whoever it is. That's, that's just how I see it, though. Yeah. That's it.
1: That's our top 12 for this month. Um, the January of 1993, but we still have two more categories left.
0: Yes. This should be a little quicker, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, best show, the, the best show of the month.
1: Uh, I'll go. I, th- I thought Clash of Champions had a strong uh, card. Uh, and that had let me see because I did write it down here on my computer.
0: I did not. You prepared uh, Cactus, than
1: me Cactus Jack versus Johnny B. Bed. I mean, this kind of shows up Cactus Jack, and that's when he starts to get over. Two Cold Scorpio versus Scotty Flamingo. Um, <laughs> showcase it shows Raven pretty much, but two Cold Scorpio was good. Chris Benoit versus Brad Armstrong. It's pretty decent match.
0: That was a great sleeper match.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had this match, the Wrecking Crew versus uh, Z Man and Johnny Gunn. Uh, then you had the promo with Windham, Barry Wyndham, Harley Race, and Larry Zabisco, and the Barbarian. That's when the infamous, I think, uh, <laughs> the fucking pile the, driver happens.
0: The infamous Harley Race assault that gets answered.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and then that's when we had the cage match. And it it was overall great, and I I really was entertained. That's my best show.
0: Did you have an honorable?
1: Um, honorable would have to be the the uh, latest WWF Raw. Um, because of the obviously the Mister Perfect versus Ric Flair, uh, and then a great Macho Man match that was ruined by the comedian. But if you take away the the commentary it was a decent match.
0: It was okay. Mm-hmm. I think if yeah, his his commentary wasn't involved, it would have been a little bit better for me. Yeah, he just affects me so much. I just hate him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about you?
0: Um. Yeah, my best show was Clash Champions as well. Very fun uh, show. Pretty stacked. And it's mm-hmm. funny because it, it wasn't really a pay per view. It was a, it was a TV special. Yep. Um, did better than like, Royal Rumble. <laughs> it definitely did. Overall, it was just a more balanced, better show. Yeah. The Thunder Cage wasn't a Thunder Cage. It was just a cage. I mm-hmm. don't know why they called it a Thunder Cage, but whatever.
1: Make it sound cool.
0: Because it's a Thunder Cage. It's like it, I swear, because they said that, it made me think of the time where... Um, P&A? No, no. They had a Halloween Havoc match. It might have been the year before, or maybe even 91. Where I don't remember who else was in the match, but it was Abdullah the but- the Butcher and Cactus Jack on one side, mm-hmm. and they put Abdullah the Butcher in an electric chair <laughs> and electrocute him in a cage. That's funny. Like, it was silly as hell, but it's fun. And like go look it up; it's funny to see.
1: I think TNA did a gimmick where if you would touch the cage, it would like they would make the sound and like the whole arena would just go all, uh, black out and turn back all on. The,
0: the lights flickered. Shit. Yeah. They did that for a the butcher when they put him in the electric.
1: Chair. <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid. That's, I find it funny.
0: This <laughs> it is funny. It's just saying that shit out loud. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the main event was great. Uh, yeah. The Chris Benoit, Brad Armstrong match was a very nice surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't really a bad match on that show. Maybe there was a, Crew. That's about it. I didn't think it was bad. It was just fine. It did what it had to. Mm-hmm. I think it was a squash. Uh, no, it wasn't, actually. That's right. I remember because my big complaint was, it's like, they are debuting these guys, and then they struggled so hard to win, and it's like they're trying to, like, position them to fight the Rock and Roll Express. And it's like they had them struggle so hard to win, and it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, my honorable mention though was the WCW Saturday Night that followed that uh, clash, because it was just a stacked show.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, it's like right right after that, the opening match was like, uh, Pillman, Austin, and Barry Windham. I guess like two cold Scorpio, fucking Brad Armstrong, and um, uh, Johnny B. Bad, who's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he's fine. But like already, it's like goddamn. There's like a bunch of awesome guys in this match, and it's that's like the opener. Um, and that was it was a fun match. It wasn't like anything real amazing or anything, but it was it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that match had the Steamboat Dustin match, the first one.
3: I think it Early. did, yeah.
0: Yeah, So, and then there was other stuff in between there. There was, like, another Chris Benoit match. I think it was the one against Marcus Alexander Bagwell. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it was just a very good week of WCW programming.
3: Yeah.
1: I guess that's a good segue. What did you think the best product was?
0: It was WCW for me.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go. Again, we didn't get a lot of WWF Raw. It was mostly stacked with WCW. But my main thing... Is that when every time they did do WWF Raw, it was fluffed with all bullshit, and then obviously you would get like one good thing. Uh, WCW was the opposite. There was sometimes where you got an episode with, with, with a lot of bullshit, which was the last episode that we saw. Um, yeah. But I there's so many wrestlers that I care about in this product so far. I like Vader. I like Cactus Jack. I like. Uh, Paul Orndorff, I like Barry Windham, Steamboat, Dustin, Yeah, just, that's a lot, <laughs> and the other ones are just like, oh wait, no, uh, <laughs> I almost m- messed up Max Payne, Max Payne's on WCW, but like, uh, I don't know, Doink the Clown, and that bra dude, whatever, bra man, we we talking to kids bra, or whatever he was saying.
0: Oh, crush. Yeah. I was like what the fuck who are you talking about? <laughs>
1: Stop with the kids, bro.
0: Yeah, like they're trying to push doink like right now. Uh it's weird. Uh and it just seems strange cuz it's like this is supposed to be like their flagship program.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Starting off and it's like the champion was barely there. Yeah. And then, like the the Razor, the guy that was supposed to fight the champion was also barely there. Mm-hmm. Like neither, like neither of them were really on Raw that much. It was kind of uh, like
1: they were treating Raw as the B show, kind of like what SmackDown does.
0: <laughs> I think they were like at this time because I, I think right at this moment, they WWF had a couple of other wrestling shows they were running. Mm-hmm. One was Superstars. I don't know if like any real major shit ever happened on Superstars back then. I was gonna, I'm gonna say once in a while something probably did happen. Uh, the other one I think is called Great American Wrestling or some shit. It has like a really generic name, <laughs> but like that's not anywhere on the network right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God knows, I doubt you can fucking find it on YouTube because WWE is super strict about having footage even if it's for fucking fair use shit no they still get it taken down
1: i gotta start thinking about picking up the wwe network because it's getting harder for all the places i'm getting shit uh to watch these shows because they're just yeah. taking them down <laughs> you're just like they're, copyright yeah. i'm like fuck you
0: they're fucking nazis about that shit mm-hmm. but um yeah it's i think Raw's still trying to kind of find its footing at the moment yeah I'm hoping this next month, um, they'll, the show will be more consistent, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I don't know. I would always heard the earlier Raw's like 93, especially it could get a little rough sometimes so far. I don't think there's really been a show that's been bad.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Just the first, the very first episode was really like kind of like scrambled eggs to me though. <laughs> it was like there was some good things that happened and then there was things that happened that was just like, okay, what are you doing? All right, fine. (laughs) Um, So yeah, for me, WCW wins. It was very consistent product. Uh, Just put on better quality shows. And I mean, I like sports-based wrestling presentation better Mm -hmm. myself. Let's not say I don't like the ham or, or like the, the, showbiz uh but it just seems like they're kind of assing off a little bit on raw right now trying to find their footing Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: yeah my wcw uh saturday night i just it's it's an overall good show this month uh i guess we'll see it grow maybe it gets maybe it declines as we watch it but so far i'm i'm digging it over wwf so yeah me too um but other than that, I think we are done with our first ever award show for the month. We are. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add in before we close out the show?
0: Um, I guess. Or are you wanting to go into February next? Oh, we got. You want, or do you want to do something else?
1: No, let's get into February.
0: Let's keep it. Let's keep it rolling. All right. Yeah, because I'm kind of excited to see Super Brawl Three.
1: Yep. So (laughs) what's the next two episodes? What days?
0: uh, let me pull that up real quick.
1: I have it here if you want me to say it.
0: Yeah, you say it. So we
1: got February 1st, Monday Night Raw, uh, and then on Saturday, the February 6th, is WCW Saturday Night. Uh, and remember to watch those episodes and then come back here and we will talk about it. And hopefully, hopefully raw turns around right now. I'm kind of just like, man. And it's, I guess, kind
0: of, it's kind of meh right now.
1: Yeah. So I guess we'll see what happens. But other than that, I think we will sign it off here. If you want to watch or listen to more, getting some color, make sure you go on all the podcast stations, such as red circle, Stitcher, uh, google podcast spotify apple podcast and if you type in nerd review network you can get this show getting some color you can also get big trouble little podcast which we are doing horror month the trick and treat uh, which the next episode is my pick which is manos the hands of fate as my trick and it follows is my treat so remember to watch that and then you know, listen to us either. You know, hate it or like it. I guess we'll see when we uh, talk about it. And then on October twenty second, we will be doing um, the Nemesis Project, where we'll be oh, talking shit. about talking about the books. Because next week we don't have any show because we did two getting some colors in a week. I mean, we did two in a row, and then we're back to biweekly again. So yeah, we'll break. Yep. Other than that, and I think Accelerated Gamer, we're going to be recording that sometime this month. So keep an eye out for that as well. Um, But I guess that's where we'll end it, unless I'm missing anything. Am I missing anything? I don't think so. All right. I think we will end it here, guys. Remember, get some color, motherfuckers. We are out.
0: Stay in school. Too cold, Scorpio says so. (laughs) Later,
1: guys.